Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We're getting stupid and feeling proud. We're gonna make a lot of noise. Turn the music loud. Hands up for them real ones, them good girls, and them bill bugs. Welcome to another new year of the Bill Buds podcast. That's right. It's me, your host, JPC, one of the two hosts of this show. And with me, as always, my co-host, my co-host with a mo-host, JJO, Johnny New Year. Johnny. <laughs> Johnny, how's it going? It's great. I'm just sitting here in my New Year's diaper um, with mm-hmm. my little top hat and my mare sash that yep. says 2021. And I'm ready. You certainly seem to be ready, and uh, I can smell that diapy through this Zoom. <laughs> and that is ripe. And you know what they say, ripe dipe, uh, happy wipe. Uh, happy New Year, everybody. Happy... Yeah, we, um, we're here. You know, it's still going to be bad. So oh, you mean the world or the podcast? Well, the world. This is a great podcast. Yeah, this is maybe a ray of sunshine in an otherwise dark and dreary world. And I'm certainly thankful for it. But we don't say what we're thankful for for the new year. We say that for Thanksgiving. So check back in in 11 months when we do our Thanksgiving episode. But that's not what this is. I guess this is also not really a New Year's episode. This is just, it's just the first episode that's coming in 2021. Do you have any resolutions? You know, actually, Johnny, I do. So uh, in 2017, 2018, I can't remember what year because, you know, what is time? I I had this spreadsheet that I was keeping of like progress of goals throughout the year. And I originally started doing it because I wanted to watch 100 movies in a year. And it was just a way for me to like track the movies that I've watched. I I remember this. I participated in this with you when we watched Mission Impossible 7, 8. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, so it was, so it's, it's basically that, but then I would expand the spreadsheet to other things like working out or reading books and and things like that. So I have built that spreadsheet and it's ready to go for like January 1st. And hopefully by, I, I will uh, keep up with it enough that I, uh, can look back at the year and have some, uh, some data. You know me, I'm a data freak. I like to crunch the numbers. But that's fun. I, I enjoy data a lot. Um, but it's, That's great. it's not really like a New Year's goal of like, I want to do this thing or X thing. It's more like, hey, I just want to like track how I'm doing on these things throughout the year. So it's that. I am I am also very data minded in that way. But a lot of times I will start doing something and be like, oh, man, I wish I had been keeping track of this the whole time. Yeah. Um, and that's always just so frustrating to like be in the mix with something and be like, it would have been cool to to know more. So I found that with that, the last time I did this spreadsheet, I would just add tabs as the year went on to be like this and this and this. And so this time I have started with all of the tabs that I had added, you know, and I, and mm-hmm. I one of these years I just tried to do this thing and it just completely fell off. So I, I, I failed that year. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's just like one of those things that is uh, soothing for my uh, weird fucked up brain. And yeah. I like it. I kind of tried to do that. Um, when I got Invisalign last year, oh, okay, um, which I still have, and I wanted to take a picture of my teeth every day to show the progress, um, but boy, taking a picture of 
anything every day is a drag and I stopped. And it's a lot of pictures. It is. And there's no super good way to put them all together. You know, like, yeah. because the way, like, your phone works, it's just, these are all the pictures you took this day. Yeah. And there's not a, a good, easy way to say, like, these are all the pictures of my outside bones. And there's so also not a great way to, like, make the photo the same every day, like, the same lighting, the same, you know, and, and then you have just a bunch of, like, weird, compi- you know, hey, it's a great idea, but uh, it would be hard to execute. These teeth are looking good, though. Johnny, the chompers are looking amazing. Would you recommend Invisalign? Ugh, I don't know. You know, I got I got them because I my teeth were such that um, as I was chewing and speaking, they started to hit and chip. Oh yeah. Um, so if you have something like that, I guess. But if you're just trying to get straight teeth, don't bother. I think I think if it's purely cosmetic, just keep keep your teeth the way they are. My my teeth chip a lot too, but not because of anything that I'm doing with it, like biting. It just I I mean something is just sometimes my chip just my chip just teeth. Sometimes my hmm. teeth just chip, and I've gotten to the point where I'm like, if something else chips in my teeth, I'm like, well, it'll wear down in a few months. Like I'm not I'm not why fuck with it? Like who gives a shit? As long as I don't have like a root canal. What are those called when like t- tooth rot or no, what's that called? When the an abscess. As long as I never get like a, oh, an sure. abscess in my mouth, because those can like absolutely kill you. You can like die from those. Um, yeah. Th- then I'm happy. But I do have. I, I remember when I was like 20, I went to the dentist, and my dentist was like, "One of your teeth uh, on like the bottom is kind of crooked." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And he's like, "Only a dentist would be able to see this." And I was like, "Well, then it won't then ever shut matter." <laughs> Don't tell I, anybody. Uh, I went to the dentist. A while ago, and they, you know, they did the X-rays and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, the 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 dentist was like, "Hey, the, here's the thing: uh, some of your teeth have like three roots instead of two. You know, like the two little feet yeah, that yeah, come yeah. out of the bottom of a tooth in a cartoon." And he was like, "Doesn't mean anything, but dentists think it's neat." <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool for like, you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm all for people having fun at work. I, I will say that. I'm on the record. You know, dentists have a good time. Yeah. Um, Johnny, did, oh, I, did I ask you, what about you? New Year's resolutions? Anything that you're trying to uh, stick to? No, I don't really. I'm not really a resolutions guy, actually. I think sure. um, it, you know, time time is arbitrary. Years are arbitrary. And I think that the idea of a fresh start is nice, but it also puts a lot of pressure on something that you're probably not going to stick to and I think that like what you're doing, since it's not really a resolution, is nice, and and having that year is a nice way to sort of catalog activities. Mm-hmm. But if you're like this year, I'm gonna whatever, make a boat. It's like, well, just make a boat on your own time. You could have started in September. Is there anything just like aspirationally um, that you can see yourself doing this year? Not not necessarily like a resolution, like I am going to do this, but like, hey, if you look back at 2021 and it turned out all right like i will have accomplished something like this i think if i can look back and say hey i got the vaccine and got to see someone that isn't jessica in person that's gonna be a pretty fucking good year sure (laughs) (laughs) well i that's wild i mean there's there's like in my mind i'm like whatever happens will happen you know i i'm not even thinking about the vaccine because i know like there's a possibility that I don't get it and that no one gets it and that, you know, the new super COVID, uh, you know, comes around and gets everybody. But 
That's it. It is. It is nice to think about when we're on the other side of 2021. Probably a lot of people will have taken the vaccine. Yeah, that that's um, boy, that's that's something that I am really hoping happens for me. Well, hey, everybody, check back in on this in a year. Uh, this is our time capsule capsule episode. So if everything has gone according to plan, uh, if if everything's gone according to plan, this diaper will not just be filled with my shit. It'll be filled with all my friends shit, too. Uh, yeah, I can't wait till we can get back in uh, public and shit in people's diapers again. And we've only ever recorded this uh, show remotely, so it would be interesting if we could ever record this show together one day. Uh, yeah, do you think we would? I think that'd be really fun. Sure. I mean, I honestly, yes. I think that there's going to be a lot of things, especially something as simple as like two people being in a room together, that I, I am looking forward to being able to podcast in a room together again. There are Where would- Remote has its advantages, but there are there are some things that I miss about being uh you know live and in person yeah i can finally play trombone for you in person i can't wait to hear it i i just want to touch that spit valve where <laughs> where would we record your house my house how does this work we could probably do we could well yeah we could probably just use one someone's house but we could also um if the the studio the one shot studio is still alive we could probably use that we could Ugh, what a fucking treat that would be i you know well, that's our treat for later. Uh, 2022, we'll see you when we see you. But that's You and our... me in the studio, full dipes, clear eyes, full dipes, can't lose. <laughs> can't lose. Uh, but we're not there yet. We're still in 2021. And actually, Johnny, we're going to go back in time to 2008 today because what we are talking about on the podcast today, this is a podcast. We talk about pop music. It's a review show. We are talking about Adele's debut album called Simply 19. It's a bit of a theme with her albums, but this one's called 19 because she was 19 when she was uh, writing and recording it. Yeah, I got I got to say she does that. You know, all of her albums are just whatever age she was when it was released, I mm-hmm. assume. Mm-hmm. Um, you think I mean, she's done three now. So it's kind of like you have to do this. This is this is your thing now. You can't not do this. I, I, I think about that. Maybe if she does her fourth album has that, then yes. But the the age thing, I think, is great for your first three albums. And then mm. you could maybe do something different. Because... Okay. I, but... Or she doesn't. And that's cool, too. Because, like, I can't wait to hear, like, Adele's 51. Like, that'll be fucking cool as yeah. well, you know? Um, the other thing that, that is interesting about her is, like, she's not, like, recording and releasing an album every year. It's... She's putting some space in between them, which which I enjoy. Well, I you know, I was reading a little bit about her because I knew essentially nothing about her. And apparently she originally wanted to be more on like the production side of music and yeah. kind of boost other people's careers. And then like, oops, I'm a famous musician. Yeah. Um, the, the way that this worked out is she got, I think, a record deal when she was 17 because she had like recorded some things for like a school project. And then one of her friends posted them on MySpace and she got like super popular on MySpace, met with a record company and then bada boom, bada bang. It all kind of traveled downhill from there. It's crazy how MySpace was such a thing and is gone now. You oh, know, yeah. like I... MySpace was, I mean, it was Facebook, you know, it was. Well, it's like the website wars, you know, like, can you imagine back in, I don't know, like 2007, if you were like, Ask Jeeves is going to be the biggest company on the planet. 
you'd be like, well, how? But Google, Google, that, that, that happened, right? It's just like, it wasn't Lycos. It wasn't Ask Jeeves. It was Google that did it. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember, you know, I was on MySpace. All my friends were on MySpace senior year of high school. And one of my friends was like, hey, you heard of Facebook? And I was like, what's that? And they said, well, it's like MySpace, but better. And you need to be a college student to use it. Uh-huh. And at the time, it was like in high school, but we had been accepted to college. So we had a university email address. So you could like get, get in. Facebook, yeah. Yeah. And then for a while, I was like on both. You know, it's so weird. I never used MySpace, but the advantage, uh, I, I never had a MySpace, but I went on people's MySpaces because sometimes bands would post yeah, their oh, yeah. songs on MySpaces. And I, f- I felt like that was the big thing with MySpace was that there were songs on there. Yeah. Yeah. And then it eventually became, I mean, it still exists as far as I know, but now I it's so too. a very music forward network. Um, that's interesting that you never had one. You resisted for, for the whole time. I don't think it's that I resisted as much as it just like, I didn't know anyone that wasn't like in my immediate circle anyway. Like, it's not like I was like trying to keep up with like, you know, my cousins or, you know, people, I, I just, I just knew the people that I knew. Like my cell phone was everything. Like that's, that's where everyone I knew was in my cell phone. Right. Sure. Sure. But I mean, the you know, but with MySpace, you could have your top eight. You could, you could show who you were you publicly who your best friends were i think i i think it was still like instant messenger was still AIM oh, yeah. was still big uh when i was like early on in high school and then eventually i got facebook and eventually i got twitter as well but you know yeah you know i signed up for twitter because i was taking a, a class it was like a human sex and sexuality class and the professor it was like a huge lecture class with like 100 200 300 kids whatever it was huge and the professor was like, hey, I want this to be a really, like, interactive class. I don't want you to just, like, sit around and whatever. Uh-huh. So make a Twitter account and tweet at, like, the class Twitter account. And TAs will, like, answer you in real time during class. Huh. Which I made the account but never participated in that. But that's why I have a Twitter is because of that class. You made Johnny and Briefs. That was the the one that you made. No, no, no. I changed. I changed my handle a couple of years ago. You changed your handle to, okay, gotcha. to be to be, um, you know, have have cross brand synergy. You know, you love that cross brand synergy. I absolutely do not have that. I have different handles on every single platform. That's not true. My my Twitch and my Instagram are the same, uh, which is Shark Barkman. Um, but everything else is um is like all all fucking different everywhere I go. Yeah. Any anything public facing, I will say, is is the same. Yeah, and, um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, speaking of things that are public facing, uh, that's yep. a way no, not great. But you know what? It's it's early in the new year. Give me some time. What what about Adele? So, what are your feelings about Adele? What were your preconceived notions about Adele? Were you familiar with this album? Was this album something that you had listened to in the past? I was aware of this album. I was uh, aware of a couple songs. Um, and I'm I'm aware of her later. I think I'm more familiar with her later albums. Sure, gotta say, one thousand percent not my shit. Oh, uh, really? Overall, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think that is probably too much of a shock. It's uh, very ballady. It's very slow. It's very boring, mm-hmm. and that's not really my style. The 
The uh, do you know what the first like Adele song that you heard was? Absolutely, absolutely. It was Chasing Pavements. Oh, okay. So you you were you were aware of this song two thousand eight or yeah. And I I I, th- I you know at the time I didn't I don't think I knew that it was Adele really sure. Um, but like I heard it, and once we get to that song, maybe I'll go a little deeper. But um, yeah, that was definitely the first the first one that I was aware of. I. Don't really. I think I definitely heard Chasing Pavements, but I think it was kind of because it was everywhere, you know, like it was probably in a commercial or something. I don't mm. think I really listened to this album much, um, but I I kind of caught on to the whole Adele thing in her later albums. Um, so I, I remember really liking Twenty Five. I'm Twenty One, and then I liked Twenty Five a lot as well. But I had never really listened to this one. And I also like, for, I know that I had heard of Adele before because I had to because I had heard Twenty One. But when she did that Skyfall song, I feel like mm. that is the like the Adele song that I go to in my mind, or I compare that song against other Adele songs. I think that that song, Sky, that Skyfall song, might be like one of the best Bond songs that has ever been recorded. I think she does such a good job at doing Bond songs. It, that is such an interesting thing. I'm not a big James Bond boy, but the fact that each one, as far as I know, has kind of a signature song mm-hmm. is so interesting and strange to me. It, it's just like, it was like one of those, it's kind of like a tra- like a family tradition. It's just like, yeah. yeah, it's one of those things that just is is how it is. Like, And I think at, at one point it was used to kind of promote by having like a big name band come and do, you know, your James Bond song. Which makes sense, but yeah, it's, it is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. What a, it's it, it just totally seems like something from another time, which I mean, it is clearly, but yeah. Uh, but but I would say this this album nineteen was the one of the was the Adele album that I had probably listened to the least. So it was interesting, kind of getting into this album and getting, I guess, reacquainted with it, but also just taking all of my like uh, preconceived notions and everything about Adele from her later albums and then going back to going back to some early stuff and some of the stuff she wrote when she was like 16. So this is, That's this is wild kind of a, stuff. yeah, very, very, very um, young, young Adele writing and recording this music, which was very interesting to me. Now I will say I like Adele. I think that Adele has like an amazing voice. I, I, I would compare like that skyfall song one of my favorite bond songs because i think adele is like perfectly tuned to that i don't even know if it's a genre just kind of a mood of like james bond you know and and i and so i i could listen to adele like infinitely i think that her 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 voice is just so like pleasant to me that it is it kind of just takes me away but I was also stricken by even this album especially you know her being younger when she was writing it she wrote or co-wrote all the songs on the album, and lyrically, I think this album's pretty good. I think it has some yeah. like some very good. There's some stuff in there that's like, okay, you're very young when you're writing this, but um, but there's some very good lyrics in this album. I, it was interesting too how she, it seems like she had not quite fallen into or or discovered what the Adele sound kind of is because there are a couple tracks on here that are like, oh, this is Adele, and then yeah. there are a couple that are like what's going on here? Like, you know, like very different from what I sort of imagine um, as the Adele sound. Well, you know, I, I kind of, 
that is akin. It's so weird with artists, especially artists this young, because they don't really have a. They can't possibly have a strong, strong, strong sense of who they are and who they will become. So these right. these early albums are a little bit like. I think that there's a lot of like A and R people, producers, and a lot of people that have like opinions about it. Right before, like now, if Adele put out her fourth album. I'm sure that it would be like very much her and she would, you know, she would have more decision making power. She'd be more well represented. But when you're young and you're just kind of trying stuff like they are really just trying stuff. So I I do appreciate, you know, the uh, the debut album of a band because it does kind of like help you understand where their sound came from and kind of what's coming next with their sound. Yeah. Um, Speaking of producers and co-writers. Oh, yeah. One thing that I did feel absolutely necessary to touch sure. on. Sure, yeah, we have to talk about Did, this. So you know what I'm going to say. I absolutely know what you're going to say. There's only one possibility of what you could say. <laughs> um, one of the producers, th- their name is Egg White. Egg White. And that's, that's uh, unbelievable. Now, it's an I, unbelievable thing. When I saw that, it's, it's E.G. White. Like, And I was like, does he go by E.G.? But it's not E period, G period. No. He must go by G. The G's yeah. lowercase. It's a lowercase. So he must be go by Egg White. And his name is like Anthony or some shit. Like his it's name Francis is... Anthony. So I don't know. Maybe he just likes Egg White. I don't know why anyone would choose to go by Egg White. I I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But I, it, that was... Uh, I mean, I'll say it was a shocking thing to see. Did you Google what he looks like? No. Neither did I. I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I Googled it because I, I was like, in my mind, he looks like a cartoon. He looks like he's Humpty a Humpty Dumpty. He's a Humpty Dumpty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Egg White was the one that did uh, Chasing Pavements. And um, not to, not, that's the, you know, one of the big songs in this album. Um, not to uh, pooch too much of Chasing Pavements because we will get there. But he's, he had like a quote in there of like, I work with a lot of people. Sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it takes a short time. When uh, we did Chasing Pavements, it took two hours. He was like, two hours and we were done. We, we had that song. That's wild. And let me ask you this, Johnny. So when you hear, because there's a lot of this on this, uh, you know, Adele album. There are some songs where she like wrote in 10 minutes. When you hear that someone wrote something that you really like and it took them like 10 minutes or an hour, how does that make you feel? That You know, I'm of two minds with that. Because on one hand, I'm like, wow, that's that's really cool. Like that's you're so talented. Like that's awesome. And on the other hand, I'm like, well, is this the best version of this thing? Mm-hmm. Like if you had put in a little more time, what could you have gotten? And the the two things that it sort of reminds me of are um I can remember reading when I was very interested in this and cared about this, that when the fourth season of Arrested Development was coming out. Um, apparently Mitch Hurwitz was like rewriting the script on set oh, and like yeah, handing yeah. people new pages yeah. of the script. And it's like, is this the best version of what you're trying to produce? Um, and then the other thing I think about is the, the Beatles song yesterday. Where are you, are you aware of what the original lyrics were? No, it was apparently, uh, instead of yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. It was scrambled eggs. My darling, you have such lovely legs. And then a, a little time went by, and then they changed the words to be the good words that we all know, wow. which is sort of the. I mean, I think that it was kind of like placeholder words while they sure. sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. messed with the melody. But like, how close were we to getting scrambled eggs? That's wow. That's that. How close are we to getting scrambled eggs? Is an interesting question to pose to the universe. Now, I, I will say that with. <laughs> 
with uh with this every time I hear about how long it took someone to do something, I would always have rather not heard that information because it influences mm. the way that I feel about the thing. And like, you know, if <laughs> if they told me that um uh the rise of Skywalker, they're like they wrote that movie in two hours, I'd be like, Don't tell me that. Like I don't wanna he- I don't wanna hear that. Like, because no matter what I feel about the movie, I'm gonna feel differently now knowing that information. I, I think I would just because I- I'm the view, I'm of the two minds, but I think I would also just always rather not know. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's something that I don't care about. You know, like if someone was like Kanye West is going to put out a new album and he did the whole he wrote the whole thing in 30 minutes. I'd be like, OK, I I like I don't give a shit at this point. Yeah. About Kanye West. Maybe maybe I'll listen to that and just see. But yeah, for- well, wasn't wasn't all I want for Christmas is you written and or and recorded in like 15 minutes, you know, like something yeah. crazy. Yeah. And, and, and things like that. I just I would always kind of rather not know. Well, anyway, that that's 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 just something that I had. Like I kept when I was researching for this album, I kept coming across like little tidbits about things being done very quickly and very, and it's like cool that it got done like that, but I kind of don't want to know that. I kind of want to, I kind of want every piece of art that I consume for me to have this like impression that the person who did it worked super hard on it, was super purposeful for, you know, something like that. I don't know. Maybe that's wrong, but that's. Or even to sort of, not even like separating the art from the artist, but just being like, this is the song and it just exists. Yeah. And exactly. not even not even having any sort of external influence. It's just like, this is the song. And Johnny, speaking of songs that are the song, uh, let's get into the songs for this album. We got 12 uh, clocking in it. Do you know the runtime of this bad boy? It's like 40 something minutes. Yeah, it is. Uh, 12 songs. 40, 43, 41. 12 songs, 43, 41. There's a, there's a few long ones on there. Uh, overall, how do you feel about the track lengths? Uh, it was like half and half. Half of them, I think, had a pretty good length, and half of them, I was like, "Come on." I think maybe, maybe uh, I know. Obviously, you're predisposed to this, but I think when I was listening to this, I was like, "Oh, I bet if most of these songs lost twenty or thirty seconds, Johnny would be a little more on board." But again, that's I, that's not Adele's style at all. Anyway, it was interesting. They were either like three and a half minutes or over four, exactly, and like that was it. Well, let's talk about this uh, first one. This is the track one of Adele's debut album, 19. This is Daydreamer. Daydreamer Sitting on the sea Soaking up the sun He is a real lover of making up the past and feeling up his girl like he's never felt a figure before. Okay, so that's that's just the first verse of uh, of Daydreamer. Yeah. I think the chorus of this one's not as noticeable or noticeable as that you know that first verse. So, mm-hmm. Johnny, what are your opinions on Daydreamer? I'll tell you, when I heard this, I was like, this is off to a much better start than I expected. This is this is different than what is the Adele sound in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a lot of these songs, even even though they are very different, they had a very uh, they felt very early Kate Nash to me. Um where maybe the the lyrics were not her lyrics, Kate Nash's lyrics can be a little um just like weird for yeah. lack of a better word or like, you know, just, just like weird. Yeah. Um, and these were not, but like the, you know, just like the simple guitar and like kind of 
her her accent, which she does not get rid of in any way. It just had a very early Kate Nash vibe. And also they were both really young when their first albums came out. I, I kind of do like how Adele has an English accent that is more pronounced in some songs, but it's always present. Like it's never, yeah, she's never trying to get rid of it, which is very cool. Cause I, I love to hear like, I love to hear the singer and all of their like personality. We talked about this when we talked about uh, Alkaline Trio on the, on the Patreon too, but like the personality of the singer, I think comes through so much in the voice. And when someone just like tries to change their voice to sound like everyone else, mm-hmm. I don't love it, but I, there's something like really intriguing about Adele's songs, even the songs that don't really strike me, that she is so present in them, you know? Yeah, yeah, I th- I think that's that's really cool. And a bunch of my, you know, like Arctic Monkeys is one of my favorite bands, mm-hmm. and you can hear you can hear their accents. I think that's really cool and something that's like appealing. This song, it's interesting because the, basically this whole album, nineteen, like all the love songs on this album are about one dude, this one dude. Um, yeah. and either the it's either like the the uh, breakup or like different parts about this you know relationship with this one dude, but this one dude. But this one is not about. It's about like it's it's like one of the only songs that's about. Well, there's actually two, but there's this one's about some other guy who like they weren't dating and he was bi and she like caught him kissing like one of her other guy friends. But they were like maybe it was implied that they were going to start dating, so she felt like you know, kind of betrayed about about that, but that this daydreamer is like about how she feels like looking at this person and kind of daydreaming about this person. In my head, there. I mean, obviously she has said that's what it was about. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like at, at the bridge, she says, there's no way I could describe him. What I've just said is what I'm hoping for. So in my head, it's, it's almost like a um, this person doesn't really exist. It's just kind of like my... You know, she's like daydreaming about or or maybe even projecting onto this guy, like daydreaming about what he isn't, but what I want him to be. Yeah. Almost. In, in my mind, like the there's no way I could describe him. What I've said is just what I'm hoping for was less about like he doesn't exist, but more about like he exists in this, like the way that you can like view him and, and, and see him. And but all of the deeper stuff is the stuff that I'll never get to know. And that's the stuff that I'm like mm. making up. So like the describe him physically, you can, but like describe the, everything about him and his personality, yeah. and, you know, all those things is like, this is just my projection of like, when I daydream about this person, what I'm hoping that they will be like, mm-hmm. which I think is a super totally relatable, a super relatable feeling, right? Like anyone who's ever had a crush on someone is like, you can't know intimately their entire person. And you just kind of layer your own, bullshit on top of that yeah um one one thing about um but that is present throughout this whole album is not an accent thing i don't think but there are a lot of words where she just decides to to pronounce real weird sure and that that started to wear on me a lot and the the first one comes right in this first song What's the what's the word? Do you know what the word is she, that she's Yeah, she says doorstep, but she pronounces it like doorstay, stay up. Which it, it, the way she does it does not sound like her accent. It just sounds like I needed to add a couple more syllables to make she, this fit. She definitely does that thing, but I think she like other singers do that as well where they just kind of like stretch out the Mariah Carey, you know, stretch out the syllables oh, yeah. of a word. Like that, that's a thing that people do. 
I think that when Adele does it, she has like a very specific Adele style to it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really bother me. I'm I'm sure it 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 probably did wear on you, but again, I I don't think it really. It wasn't something that I noticed in a distracting way for myself, but I definitely did notice it. <laughs> uh, okay, you want to talk about the second one? Let's do it. And, and Daydreamer, it's okay. It's fine. It's I, I like it as a start to the album. I actually really like the way this album sequenced. I don't think that there's anything that I would have like changed around the order mm. of. But I like it to the start of the album. It's not not my favorite on the thing, but I, I do like it. Yeah, like I said, off to a much better start than I was expecting. Let's talk about Best for Last. This is track two. I hear you say I make you feel a way you've never felt before. And I'm all you need and that you never want more than you. I love the bass line the right in this pre-chorus too. Yeah. Also, this bass, like that, I, I like that bass line. I think that that bass line is very mm-hmm. fun. Uh, Adele is credited with playing it. So, oh wow, she, yeah, she like plays a lot of the instruments. She does, she does the guitar in that last track. She did the bass in this one. Uh, obviously, the vocals. Um, but I thought that was super interesting. I was like, oh, cool. So, like, she can obviously she can play guitar because she, you know, whatever. But she's like playing the bass too, and that's a fun, that's funky really cool bass riff. It seems, you know, I don't know for sure, but it seems like she went to some sort of. Magnet Performing Arts Music School or whatever the equivalent is in the UK. Like, yeah, I think she did some sort of thing for Uni 2, which was music of some sort, because she it said that she recorded like three songs for like a class project, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely think that that's the way that it seems. And again, I don't know, so I, I could be totally wrong on that. Yeah. Um, this this song was interesting. The chorus had felt very of its time mm-hmm. and had like a, a f- kind of Feist or Florence in the Machine vibe to oh, it. Oh, yeah. I can see um, that. You know, just whatever that sa- that sound is that sort of is not in vogue anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and and overall, this, this song in particular, but a lot of the songs on the album, ha- felt like really great like 2008 starbucks music to me (laughs) i could definitely see myself picking up an adele album at a starbucks and being like i'll give 21 a try i mean that that's and i i worked in a starbucks like a couple years after this and that's it still had that like you know we had like the prescribed radio stations that Mm -hmm. we were allowed to play and it's like oh this is this is it this is it because it has that like you know this song has like that that like kind of j- jazzy like coffee it just has like a coffee house vibe with like just the bass and the voice like i could imagine her performing this live in a coffee house uh, yeah i wonder what the like because her experience like she said that was like singing in pubs for like 10 people right so she that's what she kind of did she did like small venue performance things like that like coffee house pub that type of thing but it's interesting to me because, like, yeah, she has kind of like a – it is like a jazzier vibe and she does some, like, um, 
you know, I don't know if it's like scatting, but like jazzier, like vocal stuff later on. And it's hard to kind of pin down what exactly her style is in that regard, but it definitely has those vibes. And I'm also just wondering, like, has has Coffeehouse music just kind of like co-opted like something else that was like jazz? Because like we don't really experience jazz. There's like not a ton of actual jazz clubs or it's not even like jazz isn't that mainstream anymore. Mm -hmm. And like the Coffeehouse is kind of like the light mainstream version of jazz. I don't know. I'm just I'm just spitballing here at this point. Yeah, I did. I did see somewhere when I was researching um, that it it. um, Yeah, it described this as like blue eyed soul, Uh which is a a term that I feel like is not great, but that feels correct. Um, one thing that I really did like about this song, and like I said, that bassline fucking slaps. I, I like oh, that yeah. bassline a lot. But I like the the way that this song is written. Is all the verses are like these like very hopeful, you know? I what can I do to win you over? Like I'm I'm really trying to like to get to you, and nothing's it's not working. Um, and and and, and wanting to be loved, and then the chorus is just like fuck you, like. Mm-hmm. you know you're just a temporary fix this is i'm not it's you mean nothing to me and then it goes back to the like but like how do i get you like how you know and i do i i don't think that that is i would say that on a lot of other like pop albums um that sentiment is always in two different songs right and i don't hear it yeah. mixed together a lot in the same song and i really like that and i like that like the song kind of changed between the verses and the chorus well, and especially when you're like 17, 18, 19, and you're like in in a relationship and you're like, oh, this is this is the fact that this isn't working is mm-hmm. fucking devastating. Yeah. Because this this was supposed to be it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like switching kind of back and forth between that, I think, makes sense for like the age that she was when she wrote this. And I think that, like, you know, I don't want to, I mean, I, I wish, I don't know anything about Adele's personal life. I wish her uh, uh, happiness, um, but... I wish nothing but the best for her. Nothing but the best. But, like, it seems like maybe she is at her best when she's dealing with, like, some rejection, some scorn, some unrequited love. Like, she's, I mean, what, one song one song on the album, she straight up says that. Yeah, it's, it is, like, it's fodder for her kind of doing the music that she should be doing, so... Uh, you know, more power to her. I do hope that everything uh, ends up okay for her. Yeah, she's hosting SNL now. She's doing great. Yeah, she she should she should be great. I liked Best for Last a lot. I I I whenever when I was listening to this album, the it, it surprised me how much when Best for Last would come back up again, or like if it would cycle through and go to the beginning of the album again. I was like, oh yeah, this song, like Best for Last, doom 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 doom. I I I just liked it. I like this one. Yeah, this was this was a nice one. This is a nice. One. I would love to. Like genuinely, I would love to be sitting in a coffee shop with this song on. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about track three. This is her like you know big big hit. Um, this is chasing pavements. Should I give up? Or should I just keep chasing pavements? Even if it leads the way, how would it be a waste? Even if I knew my age, should I give up? 
So this song, this song rules. I love this song. This this is a really just nice and good song. This is this is the kind of song that, and I think that this is maybe my favorite type of Adele song. So it's it's I don't even think it's her favorite type of song because it's obviously like more like a radio hit. But mm-hmm. I think that there's like there's a type of song that you can like shout sing along to, and this is that yeah. type of song, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that I think that you could hear this song one time, get it stuck in your head, and the next time that you heard it, like five years later, you'd be like, "Should I give up or should I just keep chasing?" Like you, you would, you would yeah. be, you would be wanting to sing along to this with her. And I thought the story of this was was interesting as well because she was like, "I wanted a radio hit. I sat down with a producer that does radio hits. This is the radio hit that we did, and it's not my favorite, and it's not kind of like everything else, but I'm super happy and pleased that it was a radio hit." That's so fucking tight. People got to know who I am. <laughs> she called it, um, she said, the fact that I'm famous for, and, uh, and said for this big Burt Baccarat tinged almost middle of the road mm. song is a bit surprising. But having said that, I think it's a great setup. Like, I'm very proud that, of it. It is, it is very Burt Baccarat. It, it, tr- it truly is. It, 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 I mean, the, the sort of content of it reminded me very much of and the title chasing waterfalls or don't go chase don't exactly. go chasing waterfalls it's the it's the blue-eyed soul answer to don't go chasing waterfalls it, it's the british version of don't go changing wa- yes. chasing waterfalls uh-huh um the, and you know what i gotta tell you perfect fucking length on this song 331 and it's it a has song. a great it has a great like progression mm-hmm. and like a build and and the swell this is a good one she said that this song is about uh confronting her ex in a bar and like punching him in the face, getting tossed out of the bar and then walking home after being tossed out of the bar, being like, what am I doing? I'm just out here chasing pavements as I'm like walking home on the empty pavements. But there was like a misconception that chasing pavements was a euphemism for being in love with like gay men who would like an unrequited thing. But I think it was just like, it was a controversy in the United States because it definitely didn't mean that in England. And she's, you know, English, like, it, she right. just meant chasing pavements, like walking home alone. But I had never heard that. Why would that be a a gay thing? I don't know. I've never heard of. I've never heard of the euphemism chasing pavements. I don't know if that was just people like making guesses or what. But weird. Yeah. Um. Did you watch the video? Oh shit! No, I didn't, Johnny. Because this is the the video is actually how I was familiar with the song. Because in like late high school, early college, I watched a lot of the VH1 Top Twenty Video Countdown. Sure, and this was this was on there, and I feel like the this video kind of went whatever two thousand eight two thousand nine's version of like viral was. Like back then it was controlled and the record companies could just make something go viral, but it wasn't actually viral. They would just play it all the time, you know? Sure. Yeah. But cause like the, you know, the, do you, have, are you familiar with the video at all? Yeah. Yeah. How it's like the two people kind of like lying on the ground, but it sort of looks like they're, they're moving as if they're walking around and doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at the time people were like, oh my gosh, this is, this is amazing. And now that's what people do when they're like taking pictures of their babies. And like, <laughs> He's like flying, wearing a cape or whatever. Um, but there was a really nice part in the video where the two people on the ground are like dancing while they're lying down. And then two other sets of people are dancing standing up and their shadows are casting. So it looks like they're all dancing together. Like n- yeah. together. Yeah. It was really cool. 
Yeah, I remember this video, but I, I didn't rewatch any of these videos. Damn. It also, like, the the color, like, whatever color filter is on it is so of its time. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so weird how you can watch something and be like, oh, this was, this was the late 2000s. Like, <laughs> so weird. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, that I, that's obviously her, like, that was the big hit. That was the big radio hit. I think it was this first or second single uh, from this album, but it was the one that charted above everything else. I think she also won the Grammy for this Whoa. one. I think she won, like, Best New Artist or Best Female Vocal uh, Performance or something like that for, for, for this. Um, let's talk about track four. This is Cold Shoulder. I want to get a little bit of the bridge in there, too. Okay, what do you think about Cold Shoulder? This one has a real fun, funky opening, and it's pretty funky throughout. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, what, you know, what's going on here? And it turns out it's, it was produced by Mark Ronson, which yeah. totally tracks. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely sounds like it was produced by Mark Ronson. And there's, there's some cool, like, little guitar riffs in there that are, like, fun and funky. The- um, and... Oh, and there's a great like string section in the in the in the middle somewhere that was really fun. The string section too was the part of it that like made me in my Adele mind because this is always where my Adele mind goes. Think about a Bond song as well because mm. I was like this. It, it just has like Bond. It had like Bond song vibes to me for some reason. Is Bond music coffeehouse music? Is what's the Venn diagram there? Uh, no, because Bond music is a little too epic for coffeehouse music because mm. it's got to have that like, you know, yeah. t- t- type of stuff in there. But the it's like orchestrated too, though, right? Like, I feel like the Bond music is at its best when it's like a little symphonic. It's okay. So Adele, I think, is maybe coffeehouse music. Bond music is maybe hotel bar music. Yeah. And then I think that there's somewhere in the there's, middle. Yeah, there's a meeting in the middle too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that that would be accurate. This song now, this song we are we're 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 covering like all, these are all songs about this same dude. This one's about getting cheated on. Mm-hmm. And it has like it has like an upbeat like kind of empowering vibe to it, which is cool for like a song about getting cheated on. Uh, but I like that you grace me with your cold shoulder. Wherever you look at me, I wish I was her. Uh, mm-hmm. Whenever you look at me, I wish I was her. Um, I like that. It's 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 this like you know this vibe of like not being the one that someone wants. Yeah. But but like, but in a powerful way, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like maybe a um. Yeah, yeah. I get, I get it. it like it, it kind of reminds me of like you ought to know. Yeah. The Alanis Morissette song. Yeah. Um. Yeah, where it's just like, you know, I, I wish that was me, but also, like, fuck you. <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's uh, switch up the vibe and let's talk about track five. Uh, this there, is oh, please. I was just gonna say there was a video for this one too, 
and it was very literal and it was her singing and then um a, a couple that was made of ice looked like ice sculptures um very very on the nose and looked like it could have been maybe a stained music video <laughs> that's that's all uh stained now that's the right time era right 2008 this would be late stained i okay, would say okay okay late stained so that's like set in stained that's mm-hmm. like you know that's tough to get out it's tough to get out uh cool we love the jokes we love the jokes on this podcast folks uh let's talk about track five this is uh, crazy for you and every time i'm meant to be acting sensible you drift into my head and turn me into a crumbling fool Tell me to run and I'll If you want me to stop, I'll freeze. And if you want me, gonna leave. Just hold me closer, baby. Baby. Crazy for you. Thinking about this song, especially in like the the context of like coffee house mm-hmm. i feel like maybe a lot of the songs on this album sound like intimate like they yes they, they sound like they sound like in, in the same way that like if you were to wa- not like music that you would be playing like ambient music in a starbucks but if you were in like one of those like bigger coffee houses that has like a performance area and there's just like yeah. someone up on stage it, it feels that way it feels like it feels like a you know record, but it's it's for ten people. It's like a ten people in the room type of thing. Like, yeah, and a lot of them, it's just like her and one instrument, and 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 they all they all feel very like stripped. Yeah, like you know, like there's not a lot of production. It is very much like they don't all, yeah. but but there are certain songs on here that are definitely mm-hmm. that way. That are like stripped down, Adele and a guitar, basically. Yeah. This this one was the first one, except for maybe best for last, but definitely this one where I was like, mm, okay, this is this is a sad lullaby, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm bored. It's a bit long for that too, right? Like it's yeah, it's three and a half minutes. Which if it were a, a little, it's it's not long, but it feels long, kind of. Yeah, I guess that that's that's the, probably the best way to put it. I think one thing that would have improved this song for me is if it was not a guitar, but it was a bass. But like, because the bass for some reason feels more engaging, whereas the guitar does make it feel like a lullaby to me. Like a like your mom is like singing you to sleep with like her acoustic guitar. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I I can I can see where you're coming from, but for me, especially with this song being track five on the album, it kind of felt like she's got some big ones out of the way, like some big powerful ones out of the yeah. way. Now she's like grabbing the guitar, she's taking three or four steps down, she's a little closer to the audience, and she's just playing this like sweet song about this sweet like love song about being crazy about somebody. And I don't know, I I think that this song is just like really sweet, very pretty. I think she sings it so beautifully. I I was not bored by it, but I'm not I don't think I'm predisposed to be bored by mm-hmm. it in the same way that you are. Um 
Because this is another one that I really liked. I thought it was very sweet. I am very predisposed to not enjoying this type of song. Uh, also, I this song was a sad song to me because in my head it was sort of after the breakup, she can't stop thinking about this guy. And not like not like in the relationship I'm crazy for you, but mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. whenever I think I'm doing better, basically, I think about you again and I'm crazy. I yes, I do agree. I think that this song is is that, but I think that it's because the lyrics are a, the lyrics are kind of like a little bit mournful or but yeah. it's it's sung in such a way that it sounds like there's like joy in it that like you mm. enjoy you and you don't have the relationship anymore but you have the the memories of the relationship and like that feeling of being like crazy about someone yeah still is still there so to me that's why it didn't feel like it didn't feel don't, like hope, hopelessly sad. Don't be sad it's over. Be thankful that it happened kind of thing. But it's still like I am still crazy about it because the, the, you know, the tell me to run and I'll race. If you want me to stop, I'll freeze. And if you want me gone, I'll leave. Just hold me closer, baby, and make me crazy for you. Like, I, I don't know. It just, it feels like something about this isn't over. Maybe. And that's why there's, there's still some like hope that's left. Mm. But I don't know. To- I I read that chorus basically exactly opposite. And it was like, they're broken up. And, you know, in the pre-chorus, she says, every time I'm meant to be acting sensible, you, dr- I, you drift into my head, turn me into a crumbling fool. So, like, I think I'm better. Then I think about you again and I'm a mess. Just tell me what to do and I will do it so that we can be together again. I, I guess the only part there that was like, w- that I didn't take was the again part. Because it was, it, it still felt like there was mm. hope. It still felt like there was possibility. It didn't feel like, I don't know, but maybe that's just like the perspective from the way that she was writing it, or or let's the way a, that I interpreted it. Let's get Adele on the horn. Settle this once and for all. Adele, you got to come on, Bill Buds. We keep telling you, come on, Bill Buds. <laughs> don't review your album. We won't have an artist on reviewing their own work. We tried that with Arnie Parrot. It went horribly. But we'll have you review like a Blackpink album or something, Adele. Come on. Yeah, well, let's get well, let's get you on. You can review Blackpink and promote Thirty Three or whatever we're on now. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't even know how what year she was born, but yeah, Thirty Three. There's no way to know. Twenty Nine doesn't matter. Um, but we we wish you all the best. We wish you uh, health and happiness. We wish nothing but the best for you. Let's talk about track six. Uh, speaking of nothing but the best, this is "Melt My Heart to Stone." I fool back to my knees. Yeah. And I hear your words and I can hear that. The only it was, one in love. It was so distracting to me. <laughs> can I? So, can I tell you mm-hmm. when I heard this song, I was taken aback because, as as any 
uh, person deeply involved in the comedy scene sure. from 2010 to 2014. I was a big Childish Gambino fan. And he samples this song in the song Do You Like. Yep. I had no idea. I had no idea oh, that it was really? an Adele song. Really? Because I, I, I don't, I'm not an Adele fan. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I, it was, I, so I heard this and I, I lost, I lost my fucking mind. Uh, wow, that's interesting. Now, I remember hearing that Childish Gambino song when it came out and knowing that this was an Adele song. Now I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. Because I, I was also, when I was researching this, I was like, oh, yeah, it was sampled um, by Childish Gambino. Uh, yeah, do you like? Huh. Now I want to go back and listen to that. Uh, but anyway, I, I this is another one that I was like, there, there is something about the way that Adele, like, gets into her choruses that feels classic to me. Because um, mm. the line, and I hear your words that I made up, you say my name like there could be an us. I love the way that she does that say, like almost kind of like a shriek. Like it's it's it doesn't even sound like, it's not really a shriek, but it doesn't sound like pretty like you'd think it would. Like yeah, she kind of puts some like oomph into it. I yeah I don't know that 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 those two lines to me feel like oh shit like it just feels so powerful. That that is so funny because I I think that there are some songs where people do that sort of like more uncontrolled like like shrieking or screaming singing uh-huh, uh-huh. that I really do like. This was not one of them for me because it it to me it felt like the shriek felt like there was. It didn't have that power behind it that I that I like when I hear that. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I was I was catching full power from from that thing because I and I even love those the lines like I hear your words that I made up like I love that I love that sentiment of like <laughs> you saying the things that I think that that like I want you to say yeah. but you're not saying them but I hear them right. And then at the, in the last chorus, she like switches it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I do I think the lyrics to this song are are very good. Um at least the the the, the or especially the chorus. Yeah, I, I cuz I I do love that you say my name like there could be an us, I say your name like there should be an us. Like the, like the signals, the whole thing of like I'm putting out signals, but like what are your signals? Like what, you know, what you're saying my name like you know, we talked in a bar once. Like what are you talking about, you know? That yeah. but but I I I that is such a that is such a familiar and like relatable experience that I, I really I really enjoy that and I, I I don't know man I I I can fully see how these like ballady songs would not be your jam but th- they were they were fully mine I, I thought I I wrote in my notes that this one is an absolute banger. It, this one was also tricky to me because it was really hard to not think about the Childish Gambino song because I sure. was extremely into him sure. Um, I mean, it's all, it's like listening to Dido after being such an Eminem head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Like, oh, this was its own song. It's, it's, it's just so strange. And I also, th- I have to say, and I said this on the uh, uh, Patreon episode where we reviewed Six the Musical, um, but, you know, the song is called Melt My Heart to Stone. Uh, Hearts of Stone, one of my favorite uh, Witcher 3 expansions. I think it's, <laughs> you know, you basically, if you're in that ballpark, if you're talking about Geralt of Rivia, I, I'm going to give that song five stars. Uh, so, you know, Adele, Gontaro Dim, you guys work together and you put in another banger out. Absolutely love it. Five stars to melt my heart to stone. Uh, I don't know I if I mentioned no it. no idea what you're saying. <laughs> not my favorite on the album. I think that my favorite on the album is Chasing Pavements, which is like, it feels weak sauce, but it uh, is. It's just he- like, it's such a fucking good song. 
Yeah, I I mean, I there were a couple other songs later on where I was like, I think this might be my favorite one. Obviously, Chasing Pavements is my favorite one on this album because obviously, obviously, but yeah. Like you said, it feels that feels like cheating to say because it, it, like duh, it's <laughs> it was scientifically created to be everyone's favorite song. Uh, okay, cool. So let's, speaking of everyone's favorite song, let's talk about First Love. This is track seven, First Love. I start to cry. This one is an actual lullaby. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a lullaby. We got the chimes and the bells mm-hmm. and all that stuff in the background. I like this one. It's it's uh, you know, it's not my favorite on the album, but I feel like it serves a purpose. Yeah, I I you know this one was tough for me because I I really do like the lyrics. I think they're really like nice and sad and bittersweet, mm-hmm. and and I I think they're really good. But the song is just very boring to me. I think that the song is like saying, the song doesn't, it's not dynamic at all, right? Like yeah. it doesn't really change. It's just like bells, 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 bells. It's just like a sweet bells song. I, you know, if if there was any song I could lose on the album, this would probably be it. But it doesn't feel like it's not, a, I wouldn't even say that it's a skip. But here's the thing about me and, and this Adele album. I don't think I'd skip a single song on this album because like I said, I like the way it's sequenced. I think that it like highs and lows are really great in this album. Like it, you know, the, it, it doesn't like front load the whole album with all the greatest songs. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're present throughout. And I really like the sequence, but I like vocally, like she could sing me to sleep. And I would, I think I would think it would sound super interesting. Um, Especially with the way that like she stretches some words out or like leaves pauses in them. I, I feel like I'm kind of like, very much listening to the words that she is saying when she's singing, which is which is refreshing to me. Yeah, there are, there are some albums that we do where I really feel like I need to like read along really closely to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And this album was not one of them. I mean, I had them up and I was looking at them. But she does a good job of like keeping you engaged with the lyrics where you don't need to do that. One thing that I didn't really realize until I looked at the lyrics, and this is a stupid thing, I think, but... The line, forgive me first love, but I'm tired. I, in my head, I was hearing that as forgive me first, comma, love, but I'm tired. But the song is called first love. So I don't know why I was thinking about it in those ways. It just kind of sounds like that's the way she's singing it. But it's forgive me first love, uh, where she's like, because this is a song about her first love. Right. But in, in my mind, like, Maybe it's I also just don't look at the like titles of songs very often either. But when I was just listening to it, it, it struck me as a little weird. But yeah, I don't know. I, it just that's more of like a me listening to the song thing than a, a reflection of the song. But I don't know. You listen to it and tell me. Does it sound like she's saying "Forgive me first, love"? 
calling someone first love is like a weird thing, right? Well, it is weird, but if she said Kenneth, we would all know who she was talking about, you know? <laughs> yeah, I forgot that they have to protect Kenneth. We must always protect Kenneth. Uh, this, the, 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 you know, I'll say this is a boring song, but my biggest complaint, obviously, is that it well, it did fade out. Yeah. So even, even, and I think, you know, you said it's, it's not a very dynamic song. It's a very samey song. And I think that is where probably in general, I think if we look back at all of the songs that we've done that have a fade out, it's probably ones that are a little samier because there's just no natural place to end. Whereas if you have like a natural rise and fall, it's like, okay, now we're done. You called it a lullaby and it kind of is a lullaby and lullabies maybe should have fade outs because you're supposed to be asleep. Like it should kind of just like you drift off to sleep. It should go until you don't have to sing it anymore because the person you are lulling to sleep is asleep. But here's the thing. This is only track seven. We shouldn't be asleep. We have five more tracks to listen to, Adele. So maybe she did fuck the sequencing up and this this uh, belonged on a different album of like Adele music for babies. We'll never know. Uh, <laughs> let's move on, though. Let's talk about track eight. This is Right as Rain. Yeah, something about the, the way that she says, who wants to be right as rain? It does feel like very 2008. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, 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 I can't even put my finger on like those sort of tells of of when this was made. Or, or I can I can say this is a this is a tell, but I can't say why. Yeah, and I don't I don't know what it reminds me of. Like I don't know if it's like if it is like an image and heap thing or if it's yeah. like if it's like, um, oh God, what's the, what's the the person who does uh, Samson? What's what's her name? Um, oh man, I don't know that song. Uh, Samson. Do I know that song? Song. Yeah, Regina Spector. Regina Spector. Mm, uh, yeah. It, it has that. It has that. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It, 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 I, I I totally hear that. I can totally hear that. I like it. Like, I think I really did like the songs that were happening in two thousand eight. But it, I do. I do too. There is something about them. That is very like comforting, and mm-hmm. this this song in particular was uh, one of two or three like standouts on this album for me. This one was very fun. Um, like the way it sounds is very fun. It's that it's got that like, um, oh I don't know, like bossa nova or something. Yeah, it's like yeah. Um, and the lyrics are kind of fun too. Like this this was one that I mentioned earlier where she's like straight up. What does she say? Who wants to be right as rain? It's better when something's wrong. Yeah. Like you, you literally said that's kind of when she's doing better. Um, and then I really like the line, who wants to be riding high when you'll just crumble back on down? Like, it's just like this kind of fear of like success or things going well, because if things are good, they can only get worse. 
it's so funny too because this whole album is basically about one guy there's like a couple other songs that aren't about that one guy but all these songs sound like different enough and come from like a different perspective about this i love an album that's truly like centered on this one person and all the ways that i'm experiencing this person that it just is a very cool like concept but there's a lot of stuff that is the same in a lot of these songs and a lot of it is like about how like she's fucking tired and she's had enough of love and like she's sick of it and, and and she's 19 you know it's like it's weird to be like so tired at 19 well i think it's the kind of thing where like when it is sort of your first love, yeah, it feels so much more important, you know, and this is just immense it's it's kind of like you know when you have a a baby and they like drop their toy on the ground, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to them because they've only been alive for three months, you yeah. know what I mean, yeah, so when when this is like the first person that you've ever loved, anything happens, it's absolutely devastating. I, yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. And I think that, like, the I really enjoy feeling those feelings. I think she's doing a great job of conveying those. And again, I think that the sequencing in this album is really good because I did mm-hmm. not expect for track eight of this album, which we're in the back half now, to have, like, such a fun... Like, this is one of my top three favorites on the album, and I love that it's, like, a little bit buried yeah. in the back. Would you, would you call this album a concept album all about Kenneth? <laughs> If she had called it 19 colon all about Kenneth, yes. But I think maybe maybe in a way, I'm not sure if they're concept albums, but all of her albums named after the year that she like wrote them and and recorded them kind of does make it feel like they are all like slices of Adele's life at this time and they feel very personal. And maybe even naming the album 19 makes me think it's personal and like makes it more personal. By making, you know what I'm saying? So maybe as we do each Adele album, which I'm sure we will eventually because we're going to be doing this podcast until we die. Sure. And uh, we can give each album the subtitle that we, <laughs> we, you know, oh, I we love think, that game. Yeah. So this is 19, all about Kenneth. All about Kenneth. Uh, two N's, 10 T's. Uh, let's talk about. <laughs> Let's talk about track nine, Johnny, now. Let's talk about um, four tracks left on this. This is Make You Feel My Love. So this is the only cover that she has on the album. Yeah. And it's a Bob Dylan cover. Correct. When the rain is blowing in your face And the whole world is on your case I could offer Johnny, I don't know if I've yet voiced this opinion on the podcast yet, but my opinion of Bob Dylan's music is that Bob Dylan created music so that better, more talented artists could cover his music. Uh, I don't think you've voiced that. I'll tell you, I don't know shit about Bob Dylan. I don't know shit about Bob Dylan. I'll, I'll tell you this. Every Bob Dylan song that I like is because I like it from another person doing a cover of it that I'm like, holy shit, that's great. Um, you know, like all along the Watchtower, it's like, yeah, Jimi Hendrix did a much better version, Bob Dylan. Well, doesn't Bob Dylan have like a bad voice? Yeah, yeah, it's he that... he kind of does because he's like folky, you know, and he doesn't he doesn't have like a 
He doesn't have like a gorgeous, beautiful, like full it's like a, voice. Yeah. Yeah. He's like he's like the um Billy Corgan of the sixties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. And it wasn't really his I mean, he wrote some fucking awesome songs, but credit to Bob Dylan. I like Bob Dylan because I think that he did a good job in a service to the world by making music so that other people could do it better. Uh what do you think about Make You Feel My Love? Yeah, I don't, this one this one it was boring. And it, it I will say it did have a it felt different from the rest of the album. Yeah. Like I I don't think I would have known it was a cover had I not, you know, been researching for a podcast. Sure. But once you kind of know that, it's easy to be able to kind of pick it out of the album and say like, oh, this one is sort of an outlier. Well, it doesn't have a chorus too, which is like mm-hmm. a dead ringer that it's something weird is going on with this because it's like, where's where's the chorus? Um, because it's, you know, it's an old Bob Dylan song. Uh, yeah. An interesting bit of trivia that I like read about this song is it's originally a Bob Dylan song, but it was first released by Billy Joel, who released it on like a other album, like a best of album, a month before Bob Dylan released it. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that fucking wild? I was like, That's I don't so think I've ever weird. heard that happening. Yeah. But uh, I think are they like buddies or I, something? I don't fucking know. I didn't do any more research of than just seeing that enough. anecdote. I, you know, this is it's a fine song. It's it's. I think Adele can sing these slow love songs, you know, all, all the time, and and I I'm I'm kind of here for it. I always think it's a little interesting when an artist puts one cover on an album, and this is the one that she chose. And I, I think that this is a beautiful song, but it's a snoozer of a song as well. And, mm-hmm. and it depends, like, now that I'm nine tracks into this album, I know what I'm listening to, you know, and I know that I'm not going to get, like, this is not a um, Maroon 5 album, you know, it's not just, yeah. like, it's not going to be nonstop radio jams. Um, but I like this. I'm, 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 in, I'm in for an Adele album, and this is what I'm signed up for. Yeah, this is the last song, as far as I know, that had a video associated with it, which is also interesting that she made a video for like the cover. Um, it's basically all her like s- sitting on a bed singing like directly to the camera, but also she's like you know kind of like moving around and you know just doing stuff, and you can hear they like e- either just put a mic in the room or added like foley so you can hear like rustling of everything that she's doing while she's singing oh and her voice even sounds a little different almost like maybe they recorded it live for the video it was a really weird interesting choice oh interesting yeah i fucking missed all these videos i fucked up yeah uh speaking of fucking up let's talk about track 10 my same One thing that I found interesting about this song is that it's like it's a song about her best friend and how like different they are uh, to each other. And I was like, what a 
what a cool thing to put on your album too because we just don't get a lot of like songs especially like love songs about best friends you know yeah and, and that's such an important relationship to have with a person it just gets so like downplayed and minimized this song is like jazzy and fun and like she's doing a lot of doo doo doos and wah wahs and, and you know that stuff and it's not my favorite song but I did appreciate like that it I did appreciate what it was about and why it was on the album and that that I, I I liked a lot. Like I liked writing a song about your best friend. Yeah, you. I can't even think of another another song that's about a it, best friend because it's just like not done really in pop music. Yeah, which is which is strange. This this one was very fun. This was another like standout on this album, which is probably unsurprising because it's a little more upbeat. It's mm-hmm. it's the Stray Cat Strut. Yeah, which. Is fine because that's a great song. Um, this was this was just a fun one. It it th- that's the way that this one felt. It felt like she was just having kind of like a good time on this album in it, or or with this song. And that I I did like it. Like every time it came on when I was listening to this album, it kind of felt like a breath of fresh air too. You know? Yeah. I I do think yeah. that when you're putting twelve tracks and they're all about this fucking one boy. It is nice to like have a little break from there. And again, I've said it a thousand times. Sequencing works. Like that's track ten. I think it's the exact right place for that song in the album. Mm-hmm. And you know, she was talking to this this friend about that guy. Uh, she was talking. This this oh. friend was fucking sick of hearing about Kenneth. Yeah. This next song uh, is track eleven. It's called "Tired," and it's a direct response to how this friend felt about hearing about fucking <laughs> Kenneth all the time. Uh, but let's talk about it. This is track eleven. This is "Tired." I'm tired of trying Your teaching ain't enough And I'll provide your time When I don't get no It's like little postal service sound effects I, Yep, I said the same thing in my notes felt very like Beatles or like Sufjan Stevens to me. Yeah. It was like with like the the big swelling and just like total shift. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think of Tired? Dude, where's this fucking album? You know? Like I this is my favorite song on the album. <sighs> I was fully on board. And I mean, obviously it's so different from the rest of the album, yeah. but it's it's weird that it's even on here because it's so different. Well, it's another it's another one of your favorite uh, egg whites. It's egg white and Adele wrote this one together. Um, and isn't it? I mean, again, it's so nice to put this at the very end of the album. It's like so different. It's so mm-hmm. not like an Adele song. It, it's funny because the song is called "Tired." It kind of sounds like she's tired while she's singing it. She kind of sounds like defeated a little bit while she's singing it, which yeah. I think is such a fun choice. I really like that. And this song is kind of an earworm too. Like it's, I don't know. I mean, I don't know this egg white guy. I've never heard of this fucking guy, but he. Some of these songs are fucking good. Egg white, so good on ya. Yeah, I, none, none of you on my face when I listen to your songs. You know what I'm 
but yeah, I like this one a lot. I I think it is yeah, it's probably one of my three favorite songs on the album. Yeah, it's it, I'm just so curious as to like why? You know, like why is it here? Because even the other songs that are like, oh, this is a little different. Like the like the the last one. Yeah. Um my same. Yeah, it's different from the rest of the album, but it's still in that sort of like you could like coffee house, whatever kind of vibe. And this is just totally from somewhere else. Well, you know, when we did Justin Bieber's first album, like every single one of his songs Mm. was like a different producer and they all sounded different. And they were just like, like, what does Justin Bieber sound like? Maybe he sounds like this. Maybe he sounds like this. And and I think that this was like, you know, it's, it's co-written by egg white as well. So it's like the producer, I feel like had a heavier hand here, but I don't know, man. I, I like like Adele. You we even said like wanted to be like an A and R person and like help other people launch their career. I think that she could do great at that because yeah, because of what she's kind of doing to other people's songs and uh, she knocks it out of a, the park. I think. I think that it kind of just shows her range in a way where sometimes some of those early albums with young performers when they're trying things with producers it can feel like wild swings and it can feel like oh this isn't quite it but it's fine because there's a bunch of other songs on the album whereas this Mm -hmm. feels like oh no she could go a lot of different directions here and and they all sound very pleasant yeah which is I, i think is very interesting um Okay, well, speaking of very interesting, let's round it out. Uh, this is Hometown Glory. Now, this song she wrote at like 15 or 16. It was another one that she said that she took like 10 minutes to write, and it was because she was having a fight with her mom about where to go to university. Um, it was also her first single, I think, or the first like song that she had recorded, because obviously she wrote it when she was very young. Um, but let's listen to a little bit of Hometown Glory. Shows that we ain't gonna stand shit Shows that we are united From my hometown May memories Memories some scatting at the end. This is one where she wrote it when she was like 16 and um, she wrote it very quickly and I'm like, yeah, it shows. Like, mm. it's, it's, it's a fun song. It sounds great. But it does, like, the lyrics are not as strong as the rest of the lyrics on the album. And it does sound like maybe she was, like, didn't have a ton to draw on. It's about, like, her hometown, you know. Around my hometown, memories are fresh. Around my hometown, the people I've met, yeah. Like, it's like, well, okay. That's nothing. It's nothing, but it's, like, it is nice because it's about her hometown. But it's not one of those, like, when you're like, oh, yeah, you two wrote Sunday Bloody Sunday. Like, Bono wrote that song when he was, like, 12 or whatever. He was very young. He was, like, under 20 when he wrote that. And it's like, shit, that's, like, a powerful song to be, like, that young to write. This is like, oh, yeah. I, yeah, I wrote poetry when I was this age, too. Like, it's, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um... It is interesting that, like, this whole album is about Kenneth. Then there's one love song about her best friend and one love song about her hometown. It's like, these yeah. are 
because those are the only things that you have when you're like 19. Yeah. You have your your like first love, your best friend, and the the place where you live. Yeah. And those are the things that feel important as well, right? You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is not my favorite song on the album, but the sequencing wise, I love ending with it. I think it's like it's a fun song. It's it's a little long, but it's not really a skip uh, either for me. It's also the one that she does the most of these like do 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 da 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 yeah yeah you know yeah. things on, and it's like that that's fun to hear as well. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, this is it's just an okay one to uh, you know to end here to end the album with. Yeah, it's fine. I mean that's it. That's that's the that's the whole album. Um, so we have to do it, Johnny. We we have to see where we would rank these on our Bill Buds Top 100. So you didn't come in Let's as an Adele it. fan. Um, what were your final thoughts on on 19? Um, I'll tell you, there were, I liked more songs than I thought I would. Did I like them enough to listen to them again? Mm -hmm. Probably not. I don't think, I think, I don't think I went in an Adele fan. I don't think I'm coming out an Adele fan. Um, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by this album. I, I will say that, but not, not surprised enough to not, not surprised enough to put it on my top 100. For me, I am an Adele fan. I do like Adele. This has got to be the album that, that I've listened to less uh, or, or the least amount of all of her other, you know, other three. She has mm-hmm. three albums total. But when I was listening to it, man, I was really getting into it. I don't think, I legit don't think that there's like anything that I would like skip on this album. Um, yeah. I really don't. Like maybe make you feel my love. But since it's a cover, like I, I don't even get that upset about it. It's it's actually a very beautiful song. I think she, her cover is great. And there's so many songs on this that I was like surprised by or that I was like, oh, like on second or third listen, I was like, shit, yeah, back to this song. I'm really getting into it. And it it conflicted me because when going in, I was like, I like her other albums better. I don't think I need this on my top 100. But I kind of want to put this on my top 100 because I like it so much. I think Adele is also one of the other artists where I could just take a playlist of all of her songs, hit shuffle, and be pleased with everything. Because if I'm in the mood to listen to Adele, mm. there's not a single one of these songs that I'm not going to like enjoy listening to in a certain way. So I don't know, man. I think I'm going to go. I think it's going to go on the top 100. I, I would okay. definitely come back to this album. I If I'm in the mood to listen to Adele, I'm, I'm going to want to be listening to like Chasing Pavements, uh, Melt My Heart to Stone, Right as Rain, Tired. I, these songs, Best for Last, these songs are, are I think I'm going to come back to. So I don't know. I'm going to put this, Johnny, on my top 100 at like 95. Ooh, okay. Okay. I think it's going to go on at 95. It's not an everyday thing. It's a special occasion al- album. It's a sometimes snack. It's a sometimes snack, but it's like... Something was going on in 2008 that I really, really enjoyed, and and this has got to be a part of it. Sure, that's fair. Okay, so so that's that's 95 for me. It's not on Johnny's top 100, but you know, there's no accounting for bad taste. <laughs> I, I definitely think you should listen to this. I recommend listening to this Adele song. It's, I mean, this album. She wrote it when she was, you know, 17, 18, and 19. So it's like. It's an it's an interesting look back at a uh, at a performer now, especially if you've only if you are only familiar with her earlier stuff. I'm sorry, if yeah. you're only familiar with her later stuff. I I don't think I would tell people not to listen to this, um, and I don't even necessarily think it's 
bad. I I can listen to this and understand that it is good. It's just not m- my taste. Hey, that's fair. I mean, it's they're, they're, you know they're not all going to be your taste, um, and that's part of being an objective music reviewer. And that is what we are here at the Bill Buds. We always promise quality. Hey, speaking of quality, we got some cool stuff coming up um, later on this month. I think we're going to be doing, I'll, I'll tease a little bit, I think we're going to be doing some Miley Cyrus. I think we also might be doing some Garth Brooks. Uh, that's pretty cool. And over on the Patreon uh, side, um, I know that we're going to be uh, next week, I, yeah, I believe next week, we're going to be reviewing um, the Josie and the Pussycats soundtrack. So the mu- music from the major motion picture, Josie and the Pussycats from 2001, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, you can join the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Pod. Give whatever you like. It's, you know, whatever you can pay is great uh, for us. So we appreciate it. And then you can listen to all of our Patreon episodes, which are just like, you know, pop music adjacent, but probably not on our top 100. Johnny, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Uh, no, I don't think so. Just, um, boy, if someone could come change this uh, stinky diaper. I don't advise doing that, everybody, but what I will advise you to do is uh, reach out to us on the show. Uh, follow us on social media. We're at Bill Buds Pod. Uh, send us an email, BillBudsPod at gmail.com. And if you don't want to do either one of those things, then I guess, well, we'll tip our hats to you and we'll wish you a fond farewell. Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We're getting stupid and feeling proud. We're going to make a lot of noise. Turn the music loud. For them real ones, them good girls, and them bill bucks.